0: 16 years ago, Brian Anderson ran his first marathon. Over time, Brian grew to love the race and slowly began to improve his speed and endurance through a succession of small tweaks. Seven years ago, he began working with a coach who in three months helped him shave 16 minutes off his time and helped him qualify for the Boston Marathon. In the years since his first race, he has lost 30 pounds and has run 15 marathons, including the Boston Marathon, a full Ironman and several ultra marathons up to 100 kilometers. He cites the Cuyamaca 100K as the most challenging race he's done and the Lotaha 200 mile bike race the most fun. Brian is a proud father of five children a lawyer, an entrepreneur, an endurance athlete, and a master experimenter of all things health, nutrition, and sports performance. In today's episode, part one of our interview, Brian dives into the whys behind his racing and training, including chronic disease prevention, as well as shares insights into how to make personal change really stick. Welcome to the Fueled and Fit podcast, where fitness and nutrition meet motherhood. My name is Janae Wise, otherwise known as the Fit Mom Coach. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, yoga teacher, mom of eight, and military wife. This is a podcast for busy moms like you, and is all about helping you maximize your fitness and optimize your nutrition. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here and hope our time together will be beneficial to you. Before we get started, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at thefitmomcoach. I post regularly on my stories and love interacting with followers through my stories or DMs. I would love to see you there. I also have a YouTube channel that you might be interested in, which is just my name, Janae Wise, where I share free short format yoga flows and other workouts. I would also love to see you there. Now, on to the show. First of all, Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. And as this is the week leading up to Christmas, I hope that you're able to spend time with the people who matter most to you. Before we get into today's episode, a quick note from a certified personal trainer's point of view. In part one and two of my interview with Brian, we discuss marathon and ultramarathon racing and training, which naturally includes a massive amount of cardio training, For those of you familiar with my teachings, you know I'm not a fan of doing excessive cardio for the sake of burning calories. Females in particular have hormones that are sensitive to high amounts of cardio and can create health and or fertility issues if you're not careful. Obviously, if you're training for an endurance sport such as a marathon, a lot of cardio comes with the territory, which is fine. It should go without saying though that training for a marathon or any other endurance race requires a special level of training and attention, both with exercise as well as diet. And I would recommend working with a qualified professional. As a certified personal trainer, it is beyond my scope to work with anyone training beyond a 5K. And that includes any certified personal trainer, unless they have received further training to qualify them to coach in this niche field. If you're a female interested in training for a marathon or other endurance sport, I highly recommend seeking out a qualified coach who specializes in female endurance, running or sports so that you can train in the healthiest, most sustainable way. Okay, let's get to the interview. Welcome to today's show. I am very excited to introduce my guest. My guest is a dad of five, a granddad of one. He has the most unique background fitness wise and part that's part of the reason why I'm having him on the show. He is a business owner of several businesses. Part of his fitness background is he's an ultra race runner and he'll speak more to that. But part of the reason or one of the main reasons I am having our guest on this show today. His name is Brian Anderson. He actually happens to be my brother. And just as a side note, I may have most or all of my siblings on the show at one point or another, because I have some interesting siblings with unique perspectives who have a lot to offer. So that's part of the reason why I'm having Brian on the show today. Um, but I think The biggest reason why I'm having him on the show is he has the unique ability to look at things in a different light, to see things that maybe other people don't see. And he doesn't let conformity or rather the, you know, we all have a desire to fit in, to do what everyone else is doing, to kind of conform. And I live in Japan, so I know all about conformity. They have a culture of conformity here. But Brian just shirks that. He resists conformity he embraces doing things differently he's all about life hacking and finding the best way to do a particular thing and he's he's never set in his ways so that really is the reason why i'm having him on the show and yes he is a male he's but you know he's a parent he has some insights into parenting He knows what it's like to try to juggle a lot of different things, but he's kind of discovered some really awesome ways to live in terms of optimizing his nutrition, optimizing his fitness that I think will be really valuable to you. Even if you have no desire to ever become an ultra race runner or some of the other things that he's done, he can provide some really valuable tools and and insights into how to how to live better so that's why I have him on the show so hi Brian thank you for for being on the show can you introduce? your fitness and health background for the listener today.
1: Hi, Janae. Thanks for having me. I have a fairly long history uh, with my approach to health and fitness. I actually ran my first marathon about 16 years ago. For the first few years, I was kind of struggling through finishing a marathon. I would do probably one a year. I wasn't great. I would finish maybe in the top half of entrance. And I realized at some point that I needed to change something. When you're a bigger marathon runner, the most obvious thing is, do I have any weight to lose? And so I kind of set out losing some weight and saw dramatic improvements just in the beginning in the first year or so after I lost some weight. Not that I was noticeably heavy, but for a marathon runner, it was definitely an issue as I started getting into it. And as I started getting more competitive, then I realized I needed to change other things about my approach to life and nutrition. And so that's kind of the beginning.
0: Yeah. So you are in your mid 40s. Your background is you're an attorney, but you're also an accountant. As I mentioned, you have several businesses. Do you want to just tell us briefly what those side ventures are that that you're involved with? Yeah.
1: So the really exciting side ventures are related to outdoors. I'm involved in developing some hiking shoes and boots that also serve as police combat and tactical shoes and boots. I'm also involved in developing a backpack that you can purchase fully loaded with all the items that you would need to hike on a trail for a week and be completely prepared for that. There's a lot that goes into it. A lot of people don't know where to start and you can buy it as a fully loaded pack and use it as a pack or you can just buy it as what somebody might call a bug out bag or a 72 hour kit, just a really good one. And uh, those are two of my favorite side businesses.
0: Yeah. And so the name of your shoe business is, can you tell us what the name of your businesses are?
1: Sure. If that's okay. The shoe business is pctshoes.com and the backpack business. It started out as River Country products and the tents that we make for River Country products are one of the Main parts of the loaded backpack, which is called Life in a Pack or lifepack.com.
0: I will be sure to put links to his business w- website, his social media accounts in the show notes so you can check out those, those business ventures that he has. That sounds really awesome. I love that you've used your business knowledge and applied it to a a passion of yours, which is, you know, fitness. And we're obviously, we're going to get in into that.
1: I love being part of it too. Anything that encourages people to go outdoors, I, I think is going to only help their fitness and health.
0: Absolutely. That's actually foundational to what I do is just, I just want to get people to move more. Ideally walking, getting those steps in, doing some resistance training, doing some mind body work. That's, those are my three things, but being outdoors, you are able to multitask. You're able to, especially if you're doing something like hiking, rock climbing, biking, you are performing the task of getting some fresh air, getting outdoors, getting into nature, which is So good for your mental health, your spiritual health, even. Which actually, I just did an interview recently with Bree Schwartz, and we talked about how our bodies are made for movement. And when we don't give them that movement, then things fall apart. And it's our body's way of saying, "Hey, you're you're not moving me like I was made to move." So I love that your companies are encouraging and getting you know encouraging people to move and to get outdoors and to get that movement to get into nature. That is awesome. So thank you. So actually, I want to go back to what you were talking about with when you got into marathon running. And the reason why I introduced, I wanted you to share a little bit about your career and your businesses is because I think it speaks to the fact that you actually do quite a bit of sitting, maybe not now, but I know that in your twenties and early thirties, when you were going through law school, which by the way, Brian is a machine (laughs) He was a CPA. Who did you work for, Brian?
1: ExxonMobil.
0: Okay. So you were an accountant at ExxonMobil. And at the same time as he was a full-time accountant at ExxonMobil, he went to law school part-time and it took you, what, five years to do that?
1: No, I did it in three and a half years.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> even crazier. So he was working (laughs) full-time, going to law school part-time while also raising a young family. So that also speaks to how awesome your wife is to support you through that, because you certainly couldn't have done that without her support.
1: That is true. She was amazingly
2: supportive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you did a lot of sitting in those years and how, what's your height? I want to kind of Help the listener know what we're dealing with in terms of like you're a pretty tall guy, and at the time, how much did you weigh? Like how how tall are you, and how much did you weigh at that time?
1: I'm six foot two. When I started marathon running, I did start because I was sitting a lot, and I knew that I needed to move around more. So I started with a half marathon. But after I'd done a half marathon, I realized I need to do the full thing. I wanted that challenge. But at that time, I probably weighed around 210 pounds.
0: Okay, and What's your current weight now?
1: My current weight, where I've been for the past five years, pretty close, plus or minus a couple pounds, is 181 pounds.
0: Okay, so 30, 30 pounds lighter, probably 10, 20 more pounds muscle, or how many pounds more muscle do you think you have now than you've had back when in your more sedentary days when you weren't, you, you probably weren't lifting consistently either. Were you?
1: Well, so that's hard to say. I was actually lifting fairly consistently, at least in the first few years of my marathon running.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm just going to say, based on my total strength, that my muscle mass is about the same.
0: Okay. So th- 30 pounds of fat loss from when you started marathon running to now. But Brian is a very wiry individual. So I will share a picture on the podcast cover of him and you can see. He's an extremely wiry individual, meaning he doesn't have a lot of body fat. He has a lot of muscle mass, and I'm sure your bones are quite dense as well because of all of the resistance training that you have done. And you're currently doing resistance training as well, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. Hey there, just Janae here, and I wanted to take a moment and let you know about my new Fuel and Fit Accelerate program. I currently offer one-on-one coaching services But On December 8th, I will open the doors to enrollment to my new eight-week group coaching package that will begin after the first of the year. My Accelerate program is perfect if you're looking for greater accountability, support, community, and guidance in your fitness and wellness journey. This is an eight-week training program for fat loss, increasing muscular endurance, strength and overall fitness and will include a gym only training as well as at home only training options. This online program includes both nutritional coaching and a well-rounded training program accessible through the TrainRise app, weekly live group Q&As, a private Facebook group, bonus video workouts from me, including 30 to 60 minute yoga flows you can stream from anywhere, plus over $100 in bonus materials, all to get you in the best shape of your life. The program will begin on January 9th with registration opening to the public December 8th. As a bonus to my podcast listeners, that's you. I'm offering a discount of $40 off the $279 base price using code FUELD forty. As an added bonus, you can save an additional $60 if you register before December 20th using code EARLYBIRD60. If you want to take advantage of these amazing savings as well as get additional information about the program, go to jenaywise.com accelerate. Again, my Fueled and Fit 8-Week Accelerate group coaching program will be kicking off January 9th. 2023 with doors to registration opening December 8th and podcast listeners can save up to $100 by using the coupon codes fueled 40 and EARLYBIRD60. But hurry, space is limited and registration will close once spots are all filled. You can check out all the details at jenaywise.com slash accelerate. All right, back to the show. Okay. I can't wait to get into your, just dive in, do a deep dive into your fitness, but this is part one of our interview. We can't cover everything in this episode, but I do want to do a deep dive into it. I do want to ask you how marathon running turned into ultra race running.
1: So yeah, I want to hit one point when people used to say overweight, and I think people still say the word overweight, very common, but kind of a less nice way, but a more on point way of saying that is over fat. So if you, if you look at me and say I'm 210, but I have 30 pounds of excess Fat maybe on right now I'm on the lean side because the normal person I'm function, usually around nine to ten percent body fat that's not normal for the average person it's not that's even quite recommended
0: low. yeah that's yeah, very it's low. pretty
1: low but but for a, an athlete who stays on top of nutrition and I'm um, competing that's fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do need to be careful not to go any lower and I okay. do need to make sure that I'm on top of my nutrition anyway so in the marathon world. A pound of extra fat is a minute
2: mm-hmm.
1: over the course of the marathon. And so mm-hmm. being able to lose 30 pounds in a healthy way
2: mm-hmm.
1: saves me 30 minutes on the marathon mm-hmm. uh, overall. And so just from just from that excess fat. So I start making this trend and I go from 210 to 205 to around 200. I'm kind of watching my calories more. And once I get to about 200 maybe down to even 195, I realized I needed to start tracking my calories. And that's, you know, that's not for everyone, but for me, it worked fine. And I started using uh, Mm MyFitnessPal and the first year or two of tracking my calories, it was, I was very consistent and I noticed a couple of yo-yos where I went down 10 pounds and then I went up five pounds and then I went back down five pounds. Around that time, that's when I was getting, I was running a little bit more because I was feeling lighter. And so naturally when you feel lighter, you feel like you can run more, you can exercise more. Mm -hmm. I listened to one of your earlier podcasts about with Michelle Olson and she was talking about just that all that extra weight makes you not want to move. And so it's kind of a vicious cycle. Well, In my case, it's a vicious cycle, but for positive, Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: as I was getting down to a lower weight though, I wasn't taking care of myself, maybe doing the recovery and um, the mobility exercises that I probably should have been doing. And Mm -hmm. there was a period of time where I was actually concerned that I was moving a little slower my wife pointed it out on more than one occasion. And I thought, Oh my goodness, what if, what if this is not just soreness from running? What if this is something bigger? Mm -hmm. My dad, my dad had Parkinson's disease at the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what if this is early onset Parkinson's? And I kind Mm. of flipped out. Mm. Eh. And so, and so this was actually a catalyst for me. You asked, you know, kind of how did I get into ultra running? Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of flipped out, got, serious about if I were at risk for Parkinson's disease, what are the steps that I could take to either avoid it Mm -hmm. or delay it? Mm. And I set about just researching everything that I could. Yeah. from Classic Brian right
0: there. Classic Brian. (laughs) Love it.
1: Sleeping better, walking more, walking faster, Yes. staying away from sugars outside of intense exercise Mm -hmm. and just all sorts of things. I probably list uh, five or six more things that I did. But as I did that, I got down to this 180, 181 Mm -hmm. range and then pretty much stayed there. And I've been there for years now. And once I got down and I started adjusting my overall health and focusing on those things, my goal was very long-term, but I saw results to where now we didn't talk about this before, but I didn't, I didn't compete in sports in college. Mm -hmm. And it was not even really, I was varsity uh, on track and varsity football in high school but not really a starter, not that competitive. I did go to regionals in track, but, but anyway, I started becoming competitive with people that used to compete in college sports. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? How did I end up here? (laughs) And, (laughs) and it was from, it was from this bigger picture of how can I be as healthy as possible. Yeah, And it spilled over into my athleticism. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So to recap, or we, we mentioned, I mentioned that you, you were a marathon runner initially. And then at some point, maybe about five years ago, you started getting into ultra racing. And that's not just ultra marathon racing, but that was also like, Ultra triathlons, right? Ultra. Can you actually, can you actually define what ultra racing is? Because some of the, there may be (laughs) some people out there who are like, what is, what are they even talking about?
1: Sure. So ultra racing is ultra endurance sport. And just by convention, it started out with ultra marathon or longer than a marathon.
0: Which is, which would be what? A hundred miles?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, Oh, an ultra, an ultra marathon. Yes. Anything longer than an, than, than 26.2 miles, which is a marathon would be an ultra marathon. So kind of the entry level ultra marathon is a 50 K, which is Mm -hmm. 31 miles. Mm -hmm. And then you jump up to the 50 milers or the hundred Ks, which are 62 miles. And then really common. Most people don't run farther than a hundred miles, but, but ultra sports include Ironman triathlon. That's a ultra endurance event, which, which I did.
0: That includes what some people don't even know what an Ironman is.
1: Okay. An Ironman triathlon is a full marathon. That's the end of the triathlon. But it starts off with a two point four mile swim and then a hundred and twelve mile bike ride and then a full marathon. And it was started by uh, a, a few crazy guys in Hawaii about forty years ago who decided to combine the three longest races in Hawaii in each discipline, swimming, cycling, and running. And they happen to be those distances, and that's how it ended up that way.
0: I didn't
2: so know yeah,
1: that. so the yeah, so the chronology, for me, my own personal chronology is that after I kind of had this Parkinson's epiphany, if there's anything I don't want to get, it's Parkinson's, was was kind of my mentality. Mm-hmm. And I started dialing in my overall nutrition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I started getting really close to qualifying for the Boston Marathon. And for anyone who knows about marathons or has run marathons, that's like, that's what everyone wants to do. Oh yeah. Qualify for Boston. That's amazing. But I was so close yet. I felt like I was just a little far away. And that's when I hired a coach Mm -hmm. and that was about seven years ago. And I hired a coach and sure enough, within three months of hiring a coach, I cut 16 minutes off my marathon time. I qualified for Boston. And that after that point is like, Oh my goodness, I can actually do these things even better than I was doing before. With was just with a little bit of feedback and Mm -hmm. a little bit of guidance, right? From a coach. Yes. And it opened up the bigger world. Okay. What other hard things can I do?
0: Oh, incredible. And did you listen to, when you started working with a coach, did you listen to your coach?
1: Oh, I I followed him. He's still my coach to this day. (laughs) And I follow him. Uh, I've gotten a little bit where sometimes I, I don't follow him. But I what I realized, first off, having a coach for me is almost like looking into the mirror mm-hmm. and having the mirror talk back to you,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yes.
1: Like some people, I think it's a really actually a pretty small percentage. Some people can look into the mirror and be honest with themselves and say, this is what you need to do. Yeah. But for me, like some days I was going way too hard yeah, and some days I was going way too easy. Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't I was like what is it that I'm doing wrong the coach is a sounding board and Mm -hmm. I would kind of say this is what I want to do and he's like okay well this is what I think you should do and we would have a dialogue but yeah so I I follow his uh I follow his plans and his advice as closely as possible so after qualifying for Boston then the next year like okay what can I do go do this Ironman in Sweden and then the following year it's Okay, I did an Ironman in Sweden. How about this 200-mile bike race? And then the following year, how about a 100K, 100K run in the mountains? Yeah, so it's been a succession of things that I can do and how can I improve. And then it just turned into, I kind of, not 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 completely, but I kind of forgot about Parkinson's. It could still happen, Yeah. but I've done pretty much everything I think I could do yeah. to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And now I've just kind of adopted a lifestyle that I really enjoy that -hmm. allows me to do things that I think are fun. Yeah. And I'm having joy in the journey, as corny as that sounds.
0: No, but it's true. It's true. And I hope that as you listen, that you will find personal application to what Brian is talking about The purpose of my show is to help you to realize that you matter as you take up space here on this planet, that you have a purpose and that you matter. And as Brian is sharing his story, you may never run a marathon. You most likely will never run an Ironman or an ultra race. But Brian is an individual that it doesn't, he's not inherently athletic. He's not, and I hope you don't take that as a, you know, as a put down Brian, but we come from the same gene pool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you're, you're speaking the truth.
0: And, and, and I'm speaking for my own self as you know, my own personal background in history, we are our father's children and my dad, he enjoyed handball. And enjoyed being active in that way. But he did a lot of sitting, which was to his detriment. And I do think that that contributed to his earlier onset of Parkinson's. And maybe he could have avoided getting that. I don't know. However, I'm saying all of this to say that Brian and I come from genes that are, we're not naturally athletic. We're not even naturally thin people. You know, I, I don't think that we have genetics that predispose us to being thin. I think we love to eat. We love food, especially as a family, all of us, we love food, but he, he has taken steps in his life to move progressively. It didn't just happen overnight. It happened over 16 plus years, but he has taken steps to optimize his fitness, to optimize his nutrition, and it has taken him on this journey, as he said, of personal fulfillment, as he's discovered that he can improve certain things in his life as he puts in the time and the effort. And as he works with individuals who, can help him, specifically his coach. So the reason why I asked you if you listen to your coach, I just kind of chuckled because I've had experience with experiences with clients where they come to me and they say, I want to lose weight and I want to have X, Y, or Z happen in my life. And then I say, okay, well, you need to do this, this, and this. And then they don't do it. And (laughs) then they get frustrated that their goals, you know, the things that they wanted to achieve are just not happening. And I just have to say, I'm sorry, I I don't force that part of my style of coaching is I try to persuade, to inspire, to educate. That's how I believe change happens is when an individual gets information and intrinsically has that internal motivation to change. Because lasting and sustaining change, which is my goal for all of my clients or anyone that I work with, is for them to make that choice to change. And you really have to make that a, make it a choice. So can you speak a little bit to that, Brian, the role of personal, and, and we only have a few more minutes here for this part one episode. We still have so much more to dive into, specifically your insights into nutrition and how you've optimized your nutrition and super interesting stuff there. But I want you, as we end this particular segment, to speak to how our agency or ability to choose influences the outcomes in our lives with, as it relates to specifically our health?
1: Sure. First, I I think I do want to just quickly explain when I hired the coach, I thought I was just going to hire him for three months. And after, after those three months and after I qualified for Boston and I saw that huge improvement, I just wanted, I was so thankful that he was able to give me a plan that I could follow and feedback on how I could improve that. I wanted to, I wanted to give him something like, what can I do for him? And I thought, well, he's a coach. He enjoys coaching. Maybe I can just keep him as a coach and maybe, you know, that will be a sign of my gratitude. And it's been, it's been really fun. It's been really good, but choosing, how do I, I, I guess, going back to what you said I'm not inherently or we're not inherently athletic. I look back and and I see that what is inherent in me, and maybe everybody doesn't have this, is that I am a hard worker,
2: yes, for and sure. so
1: <laughs> and so and so I've been able to apply a specific strength to help me. And I think I think every individual can can take, can bring something to the table that that they'll be able to have an affirmative or a positive step forward because of whatever their specific skill may be and their specific skill set. But definitely putting responsibility on yourself and and saying this is something that I can do, this is something that I choose to do. There's a difference between a hope and a wish. And a wish is is a goal that you have, but you don't do anything about it. And a hope is actually taking time to take steps toward achieving that goal. And I think the role of a coach is to say, well, maybe both things. What do you wish? Okay. Maybe your wishes are kind of high in the sky and maybe not really achievable. Maybe they're impossible. But But maybe you really just hope that by shooting for something super impossible, that you can achieve something, you know, decent or surprising.
0: It's just Janae here, and I want to take a moment and thank you for listening to my brand new podcast. It means the world to me. You know, starting a podcast is kind of a scary venture. As a listener, you have literally thousands and thousands of podcasts to listen to, and here you are. Thank you. My goal with this podcast is to reach the ears and hearts of as many mamas out there as possible only way to do this is with your help. Anytime you share an episode on the socials, refer it to a friend, or even by subscribing and listening every week, you are supporting this podcast. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, truly. If you want to go a step further in supporting the show to kick this podcast off with a bang, I actually have an amazing free bonus just for you, which is I'm giving away my Fueled and Fit Insiders Guide, not yet launched, worth $20, totally for free, for everyone who leaves a five-star review of the Fueled and Fit podcast on iTunes right now. In this 30-page guide, I share with you my very best tips as a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, and veteran mom of eight. You'll find all the fundamental points of knowledge needed to set yourself up for success with a healthy lifestyle. This guide is chock full of all the things I'd wish I'd known sooner in my fitness and wellness journey and all the things I want my clients to know. So consider this your insider's guide to success, all the tips and tricks I would tell you if you are one of my one-on-one coaching or personal training clients. It's like you're studying for a test on how to become a rock star fueled and fit mama. And I slip you the answer sheet, but you don't have to feel guilty about it because you're not actually cheating. And today it's yours totally for free. All you have to do is step one, open up iTunes, click on this podcast, fueled and fit, click write review, then click those five little stars and share what you love most about the show. Step two, head to genewisecom slash bonus and pop in your contact details and iTunes account name so I can know the review is from you and I can send you the bonus to your inbox stack. It's that simple. Step one, leave a five-star review on iTunes step two, head to jenaywise.com slash bonus and send me your details. And that's it. And as an extra little thank you, I'll be choosing my favorite review of the week and sending that reviewer an exclusive fueled and fit mug so you can sip along in style while you listen to your favorite show. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause, go leave that review, and head over to com slash bonus. Hop in your details and claim this amazing 30-page instant downloadable guide for yourself.
2: What,
1: what you asked me earlier, if I am understanding correctly, is how does our choice or how do our choices play a role in the success that we can achieve. And I think we each have something that we're bringing to the table in this fitness and health conversation that's a little bit different from other people around us. Maybe maybe some of us do have natural physical ability, and but maybe we don't have the motivation or maybe we have the motivation, but we're handicapped in some way by any number of weaknesses, physical or otherwise. And I think just acknowledging that taking one step forward, you talked in an earlier podcast about atomic habits. This James Clear was very, very precise and very communicated very well. This idea that If we can just take one step forward, if we can acknowledge that we don't need to, we didn't get to where we are today in a day, Rome Mm -hmm. wasn't built in a day, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so sometimes we don't even like, we want to turn around. We want to make a change in our life. And and I have realized that sometimes that change is stopping, not even turning around, not Mm -hmm. even, not even going toward that next big goal just stopping where we're going, which is the wrong direction. Yeah. And if we can say, you know what, I don't know if I can go in a new direction, but today I want to stop going in the direction that I'm going in. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that little difference, and, and then tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll step, not even step in the right direction, but I'll decide which direction I should be going. And then maybe the next day I'll step in that direction. And so I think the the answer to your question that I see in my own life is that I do have a choice. I want it to be bigger than it is. I want to make more impact in my own life than maybe it's possible. But I've become very I I've become very in tune with this idea that marginal improvement, little improvement from day to day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is the most important part of my overall improvement if I can just take a step forward every day and it doesn't have to be a big step. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's, you know, I didn't really notice an improvement this week, but I didn't, go backward.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: So I I like that idea. And I think that small changes yield huge results, as long as we're consistent and steady. And so we just need to surround ourselves with people and ideas Mm -hmm. that are going to give us positive momentum Mm -hmm. and maintain that positive momentum. An object, you talked about needing or wanting to move, that we need to be moving and standing and just using our body more, more. I think the word is uh, deliberately because we're not, maybe it's not naturally happening because of our sedentary lifestyle now. Yeah. But if we can incorporate that small ways every day, like we didn't really get into it. We can talk about it later, but I switched to a standing desk four years ago. Yeah. And, and it was the realization that, yeah, I am running a lot every week, but I need to be more active just during the day in small ways. And, you know, you make these, these little choices every day and, and every day it's fun. It's, it's like, okay, what else can I do? How else can I improve? This yeah. is a, this is a fun little puzzle.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it really feeds on itself and the common thread that I am finding with successful people is that they find the challenge of self-improvement to be exciting. And that's not to say that it isn't a struggle, but as bad habits feed on themselves, so do good habits. Good habits feed on themselves, meaning the more you move, the more you will want to move. And it may sound very obvious, but it's these simple, even little habits and truths that we abide by every day, these are the things that will change your life. So as we wrap this episode up, I want to thank Brian for taking time out of his very busy schedule just to chat and to share his journey and to share some of the things that he has learned. I'm excited to continue our discussion in part two of this interview. But as we end this episode, I want to end with this thought, which is you matter what you do matters I'm so grateful for you listening to this episode I hope that you are inspired to move just a little bit more today and I hope that you know that I believe in you I hope that you'll tune in for part two thank you so much Brian for joining and can't wait to continue the discussion in part two
1: thank you I look forward to it
0: thank you And that's it. Thanks so much for listening. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you make sure to never miss a show. Please join me next week as Brian and I finish up our interview and talk all things lifestyle, fitness, and nutrition. It's going to be a good one. You won't want to miss it. Until our next podcast episode, remember, you are worth it, mama.